Have you ever wondered if what's going on in the government school system is actually legitimately evil? This is a really great question, and the answer might surprise you. My guest today is Marissa Strait. She is a former public school educator and an administrator. She also serves as the CEO at Prager University. This is going to be an interview you won't want to miss. It's straight fire. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, I hope you guys are enjoying my guests that we've been having on the show lately. Tomorrow, I've got another fantastic guest coming on, and we're going to talk about what is happening in our media in this country, and especially in light of uh, AT&T and DirecTV's cancellation of Newsmax. You guys might notice that they are literally stripping the mainstream media from any sort of conservative commentary. This is a really important thing. You guys have an opportunity to fight back. Tomorrow, you're going to learn how to do that. I have a very special guest. You're not going to want to miss it. In the meantime, I'm really happy to be able to air part two of my interview with Marissa Strait. Marissa and I are going to be talking today about the medical establishment's push to transition children and what we can do about the sexualization of children that's coming at our children in the government schools. With whatever the narrative is of the mainstream media, this is our future and we need to care about it. Yeah, you know how many employers I know that can't find employees that have like a decent way of thinking because, right. you know, they've been, you know, indoctrinated right. I and mean, it's impacting our entire economy. And look at the, look at the type of employees that we're hiring now, you know, mm-hmm. it's all <laughs> there's no patriotism. You're yeah. lucky if they know how to read, write and, 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 and do math. But even if they can do those things, just the, the you know, this woke agenda of like, I deserve more, I deserve more, you know, mm-hmm. I hate mm-hmm. America. I mean, I'm a victim. Woke, I'm a victim, all of that stuff. Yeah. Of course, it's going to impact all of us. It's why really education got us into this mess and only mm-hmm. education will get us out of this mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and parents, it's going to require courage. And I think, you know, courage is in short supply. Uh, in the United States right now, I think we're starting to see a resurgence of it. And uh, I had the privilege a couple of years ago to speak for my friend Jack Hibbs at Comeback California. And I believe Dennis was there also speaking at that same event. But my encouragement to parents was get off the bench, get off the bench, get onto the battlefield. This is not going to stop until people of conscience who recognize what's happening to their children and to our country that we love. This is an amazing nation that we live in. We have so much to be thankful for. But unless we're willing to stand up where we are and defend it, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And it takes courage. We have a crisis of courage in this country. And I'm thrilled to see voices like yours uh, come into the forefront because I think it gives parents the the courage and the information because you're you're arming people with information. You're like, hey, go to your next teacher's meeting, to your next board meeting, and just read from the platform of the NEA. I dare you. Read from the platform of the NEA and then look at the audience, which is what I used to do. Look at the audience and say, is this what you want for your children? Most of them will say no. Right. Most of them don't want their kids to be taught gender fluidity and 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 LGBTQ. And, and you know, why should a kindergartner or second grader even you know, grapple with the issue of abortion. I mean, it's unbelievable. Other things here is packing the courts. Why is the NEA oh, my word. that they should pack the courts? It's it's just unbelievable. Uh, call colleges and university to restructure and resurface level approaches for teaching and diversity, equity, and inclusion. Like really, like they want the NEA wants the schools to put more pressure on colleges to be even worse. 
you know, to remove the merit-based acceptance uh, category. Which is why the United States, uh, why our children are going farther and farther and farther down in the rankings in terms of what they're going to be able to accomplish. And then then I'm like, what's going to happen when there's an actual real pandemic and our kids can't think straight? What then? Right. I mean, how are we going to fight? How are we going to fight against China and Russia? Right. You know, you think they're teaching this garbage to their kids about equity and inclusion. And right. Right. Those those kids are not over there, you know, 15 hours a day watching TikTok videos. I guarantee it. Right. Yeah, exactly. You mentioned mentioned the parents. And I think in particular, I I strongly believe that this is the time where moms can get need to get involved. I heard you earlier talking about a Bible study and it, you know, the, the Bible, the Torah, the Pentateuch, given that uh, I come from the Jewish faith is a big, very big part of my life. Um, Dennis has written several books uh, and, and commentaries on the Torah. Mm. And he started actually with the book of Exodus, not Genesis. And in the book of Exodus, there, there is such a strong role that the, that women play and moms play. If you think about even just the story of Moses and yes. the type of courage that the mom had to have to put Moses in that, in movement, that basket, right? Yeah. And, and the fact that the, there was a woman who saved, right? It was the maternal instinct that mm-hmm. saved that baby, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there was even a, a, a little bit of a, um, a debate on whether God actually told the Jewish moms to uh, dispose of of their babies into the into the into the river, or did he speak to all of the moms? And whether you know was was it the Jews who were called to do it or not? And you know much of the much of the conclusion around that issue was that moms were put in a place where they had to make a very tough decision. Yeah. They had to make a tough decisions, and that they had to make a tough call for their children. And so I, I look at those stories from from the Torah, from the Bible, and I think about the the, the life we're living today, and mm. the type of calling that is really upon us as mothers, and as difficult as it is, and I know how difficult it is to speak out or to have the courage to pull your child out of yep. whether whatever school they're in and the relationships and the friendships that they've built. I relate to it because I had to pull my kids out of schools too. And I understand how hard it is to stick your neck out and to be looked up, to be looked at as, you know, that rebel, that strange, the disruptor, um, right? The disruptor. It's not pleasant. Mm -hmm. It's not pleasant for me. It will be a lot more pleasant for me to just like hang out and go to yoga. However, I feel like all of us need to find that fire in us so that we don't look back at the end of our lives and ask ourselves, have we done enough? Have we done Mm -hmm. everything we could to protect not just our own kids, but the environment that we're raising our children into, I think that there there is a a strong call for an educational revolution that needs to be led by parents because we're the ones who are seeing the the impact that it's having on our children. And from mm-hmm. that pain and from that horror that we're witnessing needs to come strength. And that strength we need to bring together to fight for our children so we don't mm-hmm. regret it and so it's not too late. And so what can people do? Not everybody can start an enterprise like you did. Not everybody can launch their own, you know, PBS dream. I get that. But there is there is a God-given gift that has been yeah. given to every single human. We're all God's children. We all have some sort of gift. We need to find that gift in us, right? And so if we're not that gregarious and 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 not comfortable speaking in public and can't go to a school board, 
what can we do? Can we pick up the phone? Can we call another friend and come together and bound together to demand a town hall in our kids' schools? Yes. Right? Can we join can we can we join school boards? Those the school boards have unbelievable amount of power. Run for school board, right? Mm-hmm. Can we even mm-hmm. confront the teacher or or make a recommendation to a teacher and say, I noticed that you're teaching you're not teaching Columbus or Thanksgiving anymore. Would it be yes. okay if I come in and read a book? It would It mm-hmm. would matter a lot to me if I can do that. There is something even little baby steps that everybody can do. And imagine the power of thousands of people or hundreds of thousands of people or millions of people taking little, little baby steps together. Before you know it, these are not going to be little baby steps. They'll be leaps. And I, I just feel so strongly that there is a calling that all of us need to bound together, find the courage and the fact that we believe that we're fighting for our children or fighting to do good. This is our moment. If we don't do anything about it, we will regret it. We will be looking at this episode right now in a few years from now, and we will say, I've been warned and I haven't done as much as I could, and now I regret it. Are you ready to experience the best sleep of your life? Listen, guys, I love, love, love the MyPillow mattress. My husband and I have been enjoying it for over a year. It's a two-sided encased coil quilted mattress and you can get it delivered by UPS right to your door. It's easy to set up. Just unroll it and watch it come to life. The MyPillow mattress has a 10-year warranty, a six-month money-back guarantee, and free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use the promo code Heidi, and receive up to 60% off your orders again by using the promo code Heidi. Or call 1-800-447-0541. And again, use the promo code Heidi. Yeah, it's right. I was, as you're talking about it and just thinking about what our responsibility is, I'm reminded of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, right? Who said that uh, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. And that's where we are in the culture right now. We are, this is our Bonhoeffer moment. This is the opportunity that we have to protect this generation and generations to come and to embrace freedom. And the most amazing thing that we have, and we've watched now, I mean, with a fair degree of horror, at least I did, in 2020, as Americans willingly gave up their freedom for fear. They chose fear over freedom. We chose uh, we chose to be locked in our homes over freedom. We chose safety over freedom. We're choosing all kinds of things over freedom. And freedom is what made this this country the greatest nation on the face of the earth. And that we need that freedom in education. And I think what parents have have been sort of blindsided by and not realized, because you rightly pointed out, what we have in our schools right now are not teachers. They're activists disguised as teachers. And there are wonderful teachers. You know, you and I know many of them. Several people in my family uh, teach in the public school system and in private school systems. And they will tell you that they are being silenced in the schools. And we can speak up on behalf of teachers who actually want freedom back in the public school system. I want to touch on something because I wasn't sure if it was in the platform of the NEA. Did they mention, did they mention uh, transition and trans uh, transgenderism at all in their platform? Absolutely. I mean, it's one of their... Oh, I was hoping. I was wishing upon a so star. We, what they do is they, they fold it into this idea of tolerance. Yes. Like, like like we said earlier, they don't even hide this stuff anymore. And so absolutely, I mean, the, the idea of um, sexual preferences, I believe is mm. how they call it. I don't want to use the wrong term. And so uh, I'll make sure that I use the correct terminology. But yeah. The terms it, are important. Yeah. No, the, term, <laughs> the terms are important because they play with words. And when they play yep. with words, they actually kind of manipulate us. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's absolutely within their their platform. And if 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 you're watching what is happening out there. This idea that 
the, the, the schools are telling kids that need, they need to hide stuff from their parents if their parents yes. don't support. That is the scariest thing I've ever heard because a yep. good teacher should tell their kid, their students at least th- three times a week, ask your parents what they think about. Yes. That's what a good teacher does. A good teacher involves the home, right? Education is a partnership between what happens in the school and what happens in the home. Home is where you teach values. School mm-hmm. is where you teach the academics. Of mm-hmm. course, the schools want to take over the entire values and the, the they, they want to take over the entire child. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing teachers who are essentially encouraging and pushing these children under this, you know, tolerance or victim bingo thing. And more and more children are starting to question their gender. And they go from questioning their gender all the way through to changing their gender in a snap. I interviewed a young woman by the name of Chloe Cole from California. Heartbreaking story. I mean, I I don't know if I can hold back from, from, uh, um, holding, hold back my tears. It's just, it's so emotional to me because I spent a significant Mm -hmm. amount of time with her when she was 11 years old, she got a cell phone and she's a little bit of a quirky young girl. And so she had a hard time, uh, making friends and she spent a lot of time on social media. And she looked at the Kim Kardashians and the pretty women on Instagram. And she said to herself, I'm never going to look like that. And so maybe I don't want to be a woman at all. Mm. And then she also started hearing messages like being a woman sucks. Uh, You're going to make 77 cents on the dollar when you get a Mm. job. Uh, Lie. Women are oppressed in America. Lie. They're they're victims. And so she said, you know what? I don't even want to be a woman. I want to be a boy. And Mm. so at age... 13, she was already on puberty blockers and medication. Mm. She would wear a binder around her chest for close to eight hours every single day. She would go running. She would go to PE. She'd go swimming in this binder. So much so that it constricted her ability to you know, properly grow and breathe. Mm-hmm. And eventually she decided that because it was so constricting, she didn't want to wear a binder anymore. And she decided to go ahead and get surgery. And when I asked Chloe, what happened with your parents? You know, her mother is a nurse. Where were your parents? Were your parents okay with this? She said that her parents were so intimidated by Kaiser. Yep. Kaiser was the medical. The med- they are the worst. But you know what? She's suing all of them, and I hope she wins. I hope she because wins. What they told her parents was that if they don't allow this young 13 year old girl to remove her breasts and take all this medication, if they don't allow her to do that, she will commit suicide. That's what they always do. The parents, would you rather have a transgender child or a dead child? Blood will be on your hands if you don't let her take this medication and if you don't let her go through the surgery. And Chloe described to me when she was sitting there in the waiting room for the surgery to be done, how many other young girls, even younger than her, were sitting. I'm just so outraged by this because you don't hear enough of these stories to know how much of this, how how prevalent this has become, mm-hmm. and what are the chances that this kind of aberration aberration will be so prevalent? It, it's mm-hmm. just statistically impossible that be that there would be that many girls who transition by age fifteen, remove their breasts, take medication. By age sixteen, Chloe was taking a, uh, an internet class about child development, and realized that after everything she's undergone, she will not be able to be a mother. And she had that moment where she realized that she regretted it. 
She regretted transitioning. And at that point, it was too late. Yeah. And there's no coming back. There is there's no, no coming back from this. I had a, I, have, I know a woman who was taught, she used to work for Gender Pathways uh, mm-hmm. with Kaiser. And she came to a women's uh, conference that I had held. And I'm trying to educate these people. This is what's happening in the culture. You need to use your voice. Your faith should be a faith that speaks. If your faith doesn't speak, then why are you having it? Right. And so she came to me, I think probably in somewhere in the middle of the conference. And she said she was a nurse working for Gender Pathways. And she said, Heidi, the number of young girls, very young girls mm-hmm. that come to us every single week, sometimes multiple people a day that have their breasts removed is absolutely heartbreaking. And shortly after that, I heard of a young girl that had uh, Asperger's and she's obviously she's she's struggling with her social life, struggling with her uh, her her identity, her personality. She's struggling to make friends and somebody from the cult of transgenderism, because that's what it is. It's a religion to these people proselytized to this young girl who already has mental and social and emotional problems and basically talked her, terrified her parents, exactly what you're just saying that went happened to Chloe's parents. Terrified her parents who said, listen, you can have a live uh, a live boy or you can have a dead daughter. That's basically what they told her, which is a lie from the pit of hell. Yeah. And my friend said that was the, you know, one of the last days that she ever could work there anymore because she realized this is about money. That's what it is. It's about money. It's about control. It's about sterilizing young girls and young boys. And God forgive us that we've let it get this far. Well, the other scary part is that pediatricians and uh, medical practitioners or therapists who would otherwise advise against it are not allowed to because yep. they're yep. afraid of being slapped uh, and losing their and losing their licenses because of conversion therapy, right? And so they they created this ruling that conversion therapy is basically when you tell a child that they may want to slow down or rethink their their uh, transitioning process and. and you know, frankly, these medical practitioners are afraid. And so what they'll do, many, and I've spoken to many pediatricians about this who agree with us that these kids should not transition. They should not take this medication. If they want to wear tomboy clothes, that's fine. But to actually go ahead and take the medication and remove their breasts is not the right thing to do. But because these pediatricians are not allowed to sway children away from moving swiftly down this route, they will simply refer them to these gender clinics. And so there are these gender clinics at many of these American hospitals. There's one here in, you know, Children's Hospital in Los Angeles, I believe has one, if not at Cedar sinai but there are many of these hospitals that have these gender clinics. And so imagine these pediatricians, they kind of don't want to deal with it because they don't want to lose their entire license. They don't know how to, they don't know what to do. And so you send them to a gender clinic. Well, who do you think works at a gender clinic? Right. Who works at a gender clinic if not if not a person who strongly believes in this religion of transgenderism? Yeah. And so yeah. once you send them over there, that's it. It's lion's den. They're trapped. Well, we saw this, didn't we see this in the Rona, right? You know, good doctors who who were trying to warn people, hey, maybe we should slow down. Maybe we should just maybe there should be some more trials for this thing. Maybe this, maybe that. And they were shut up. They were threatened with their licenses. I had several doctors on my show uh, during the, the the COVID-19 pandemic who were saying, listen, I'm having my my livelihoods threatened yes. because I'm just all I want to do is tell the truth. All I want to do is tell my patient, hey, you don't have to do this right now. Go ahead and wait. Or maybe maybe you're contraindicated for this because of this, that or the other thing. But they are threatened, they are intimidated, and they are signing contracts to say you can't even give someone the opposite opinion. Yeah. That's not medicine. Yeah. That's communism. 
where I will, when we brought, uh, when we spoke about COVID on PragerU, they almost shut us, shut us down entirely. Our entire platform almost got shut down. I mean, you might follow this conversation for another time, but we're in a huge fight against NewsGuard because they've been attacking us and they, they've been pulling any of the technology platforms that are trying to, that work with us. They're trying to pressure them not to work with us because supposedly we're misinformation because we're informing the public that, you know, children transitioning is a bad thing or you know, like locking, locking kids down during to, uh, during whatever this lockdown, I don't even call it a pandemic. I call it a nope. lockdown. Nope. Uh, so it's, uh, these are no. definitely scary things, but you know, I, I, again, I think that the fact that they are now attacking children is, is that moment where mm-hmm. people are starting to wake up and, you know, there is, there, uh, there is a saying that my mother and I say, nobody emerges from hell empty handed. Uh, at least nobody smart emerges from hell empty handed. And so we've, we are certainly going to emerge. And, and if under my watch, it's not going to be empty handed. At the very least, I want to walk out with a victory for our children. I love that. I so love what you guys are doing. In the last minute or so, two that we have left, I really want to talk about Prigger You Kids. You have an awesome show called Real Talk with Marissa on Prigger. You guys are doing awesome work there. You're giving kids broccoli for their brain. I love that you said that. You need to have like a T-shirt, you know, <laughs> get some brain broccoli. You know, we could use that. Yeah. But with the Lucky Charms, even though the the, the food compass now in the United States will tell you that right. uh, Lucky uh, Charms is better for you than, you know, hard-boiled eggs. eggs. <laughs> yeah, whatever. World on fire. But tell everybody a little bit about Prigger You. Yeah. So our vision, as you said, is broccoli for the brain. I think many of us have experienced being on YouTube and watching for hours and just feeling like our brain is rotting. We feel is so, dying. Yeah, you know, we're dying a slow death. You know, it's so like <laughs> feels so unhealthy. And so the vision behind PragerU is that you can spend hours on PragerU, whether you're four years old or 104 you will watch our stuff and get smarter. We try to hide the spinach or hide the broccoli and make it really <laughs> fun. And so we have shows like The Game Show where it's kind of this slime show where you learn about different biographies of people that have impacted Western civilization, but it's in a really fun way. So your kids are not gonna fight you on wanting to watch it. It's 100% free for us. ROI, return on investment is really return on influence. Again, we just want to create a better culture, a healthier culture, a culture that celebrates patriotism and freedom. And so we make mm. shows for every single age range, including for grownups. And so there is the sh- uh, there's an interview show that I I do because some of the most interesting people walk through the doors here at PragerU. And I just think it's a great opportunity to sit down and pick their brain. And I'm kind of a nosy person. And so I get to ask all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, and so we turn on the cameras here in my office and and let people listen into the conversations. Many of them are about issues that parents are concerned about, whether it's mm-hmm. how do you allow your child to be on the internet, uh, but you uh, don't send them down this, you know, sexualization and vanity mm-hmm. trap that that technology has become. Um, also, you know, what should we do about, um, you know, the lockdowns or what should mm-hmm. we do with regards to any of the issues that might concern us as, as parents or as adults? Uh, so that's my show. But for, for the kids stuff, we really we have animated shows. We have uh, a, a show called Otto's Tales that is with goes hand in hand with the book. And so you can go ahead and order the book. We make them as cheap as possible because it's really we are a nonprofit. And so if people are impacted by what we do, they can make a donation, however much they they can or want to give. Uh, but really, our goal is to get those books into kids hands. 
and to make really fun shows so you don't have to fight with your kids while they're learning. They're going to get, they'll be the smartest kids at the next birthday party if, uh, if you, if they spend a couple of hours with us a week. Well, I think that's true across the board. I mean, I've had my kids, uh, I'm running out of kids now. I've got a 12-year-old still at home, but my my uh, second or my sixth child's getting ready to graduate from our homeschool, and then I'll be down to one. Uh, but our kids have watched Prager University videos for a long time, and I am I love it. It's just, it's one of those things where you can set your kids in front of it, and I'm, you know, making dinner, and I'm listening to this stuff, and I'm like, dude, that's really good. But I want to give our listeners some of the titles of your shows, because they're great. How to Protect Kids from the Dark Side of technology, what parents can do about the sexualization of children in the public schools and media, the harm to kids caused by social media outweighs the positives. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, is that the truth? The medical establishment's push to transition children is dangerous. That's when you had Chloe, I'm pretty sure, uh, on your show. And talking about Western society struggling because of illogical ideas. I mean, we are struggling under the weight of a woke evil media presence that is just and and we're so used to it now i mean everybody's got a phone we've always got our heads in our phones everybody's on social media and what they've done is they've sucked everybody in and now the real agenda is coming out and you guys are really really giving people a positive alternative to that and i hope everybody who's listening to that the i mean thousands of people are going to hear this show and i hope that they check out prager you where where can people find you well, online. You can go to PragerU.com. You can follow us on Instagram. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's the Marissa Strife. You can follow me there. We're on Twitter. We're back on Twitter now that Elon hey. around where we start advertising. We're also <laughs> YouTube, the best place to follow us is on PragerU.com or download the app either onto your smart TV or onto your phone. Uh, you'll get alerts uh, and lots of content that big tech won't be able to censor. So important. It's so great. And I will link back to all those things in the show notes today. I was, I've was i been writing furiously down uh, some notes. I'm going to link also in the show notes today to the uh, the NEA's Today newsletter. So if you guys are interested in that, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. As always, I will have those in the show notes today. Marissa Strite, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you at the show. Come back again. Keep us posted on all you guys are doing and stay on the front lines, girl. We need you. Thank you. Well, we need all of you and we especially need you, Heidi. <laughs> Thank you so much, you guys. This has been a great interview. I hope you've enjoyed hearing from Marissa and follow her, you guys, on Instagram. You're going to love her videos. I do. It's why I invited her. The girl is straight fire. Go check it out. And I know you're going to be blessed and encouraged. Thanks for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. <laughs>